What's up, my Hanyaks? Welcome back to the Rambling Viking Podcast. Going to be coming at you with the episode I teased at the end of last episode, and the one that I meant to get to, uh, that is the episode uh, number 201, Some Political Crap. And we're going to dive into... Yes, sure, some more political, uh, I'd, I'd say argued it's more cultural, but those things are so intertwined, it's like you can't even tell them apart anymore. And uh, specifically, one thing that I have seen in the last couple months as we started to see pushback. And so today, the hot topic of the hour that we're going to be talking about is the thing that everybody is talking about. That is CRT, a.k.a. Critical Race Theory. All right. If you couldn't, uh, if you couldn't guess, uh, I am opposed to it. I'm opposed to it being uh, used as a guide to uh, be taught in our public schools. Um, and I say it that way. I use my language there very specifically because uh, of the shift that we've seen. So, uh, critical race theory is something that has been. Um, implemented in the sense of it's used to drive, uh, be the main driver for how we teach and the, and, and the kind of the, the lens that we teach through and, and have te- started teaching our kids. And it's something that developed in the 70s uh, out of critical theory and was primarily in law school and blah, blah, blah. So I'm not an expert by any means. I would say uh, someone who has done a lot of investigating, Christopher Rufo, uh, someone on the other side of things that is interesting to listen to sort of is Mark Lamont Hill. And then Joy Reid has been in the news a lot lately for a lot of her stuff she's been doing. She's kind of an ignoramus though. But uh, I'll tell you this right now. There's going to be too much stuff to link. I will mention a lot because I've seen a lot recently. So when don't, uh, yeah, don't expect to find every link. I'm going to give some good generic links, a couple videos I watched that I thought were good and, uh, I'll let you, you know, make the judgments for yourself. See where I fell short. I feel I have enough of a grasp, though. I'm not, I'm not here to sit here and bash critical race theory and then be able to poorly articulate what exactly it is. Because with it being a theory and more of a viewpoint, I think that's where people are getting caught up in the latest tactics. So initially, you saw, you know. People starting to wake up to critical race theory and be like, okay, what is critical race theory? And then, I mean, then in the last, we'll say, we'll say six months, but. Uh, even last two months, you've seen a huge uptick. Viral videos everywhere of parents um, going bombarding school board meetings and and grandstanding, and I think standing up with, in in a good way. Like I I see this as a, as a net good. And parents getting involved in what their kids are being taught at these public schools, and we've seen some interesting responses. Uh, more recently, uh, I've just seen the headlines, and there's an episode of the Matt Walsh show that talks about it. But and he tweeted about it some. But I guess there was this thing about people saying they want to put they want to put cameras in the classroom so they can they want full transparency basically when they want to be able to see how they're te- what their teachers are saying what exactly they're teaching and i guess there was pushback from teachers unions and schools and whatnot saying it's an invasion of privacy and then uh, that led to the rebuttal of hold on a minute privacy in public schools you mean state funded schools Sorry, guys. I thought I had my phone on silent. My bad. Anyways, you state-funded schools, privacy? No, 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 no. You don't, you don't get privacy. In the, when it's my kids, I, I have every right. This is no, this is no privacy matter. Uh, 
that we're dealing with here because it is a government school. And so there should be full transparency. There shouldn't be, there should never be any like, oh, we're going to take your kid back here and do some stuff that you, as the parent, the guardian, the legal guardian who has to give consent until they're 18 because child, children are not capable of consent. And that is something that we've implemented that is good. And so it's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm not going to tell you what you're teaching your kids. If, if, fast forward 10 years and my kid's in school. Oh yeah. Pulling them out, homeschooling them. 100%. And I and I would be one of those parents going to the school board meetings and just railing on the school board. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about necessarily. So, we've been seeing a lot of that uh oh, I just saw him. He's on the Candace Owens show. It was or he was on the show Candace. It was not the PragerU one, but the Daily Wire one. Uh Ty something or other. He's man, well-spoken black man. I think he has a medical degree and like he gave one of the best uh, monologue, I'll call it a monologue, grandstanding, I don't know what else, whatever you want to call it, but yeah, so critical race theory, we've seen it implemented in tons of, Christopher Rufo has examples of it being taught in these diversity and inclusion trainings or being utilized to teach a certain way, and so first and foremost, uh, what we're seeing now is then uh, important delineations or supposed important delineations, but anyways, they, uh, so it's come up. Uh, if you if you're not caught up to speed, I'll catch up to speed. But I'm sure you've all heard about it. You know, we all see it come up, and then we see people start to wake up and say, "Wait a minute, what what's being taught on the uh, under the um, you know based upon the the tenets of critical race theory?" Oh wait, what is this that's being taught? And now what we're seeing is phase two of the defenders, uh, those who, trying to rebuke the dissenters. Rebuke. I've been using that word a lot lately, and and that is that. Oh, so. What Mark Lamont Hill does uh, is he goes, name a critical race theorist, name uh, you know, someone who teaches it or whatever, and then that's his gotcha moment for people. You can't name a critical race theorist. And it's just, I don't know, I think it's a stupid, tired argument of like, look, I don't have to know the theorist to know that this is bad, right? Like, I don't need to know, uh, I don't need to have read Mein Kampf to know that Hitler's ideas were bad. I, I can look and see how they played out and understand the broad concepts and say, yeah, that's bad. Uh, exterminating the Jews, uh, the Aryan race nonsense, purification, sterilization, all that stuff, bad. <laughs> and the same kind of goes true for critical race theory, you know. Um, uh, looking at everything through race-based lens, I would say, is bad and regressive. But Mark Lamont Hill, that's his tactic, and that was a lot of people's tactics, but but it kind of got worn out, and then people started to name people. And then so then you see, like, Robin DiAngelo, Ibram X. Kendi, all these names you've been hearing, and they say, oh, they're actually not critical race theorists, they're, but they're what they espouse, their ideas they espouse, are bit, are just based upon critical race theory. Critical race theory is just, it's something that's taught in law school. It's not actually taught in schools. That's what I've been hearing a lot lately. And, oh, no, we're not actually teaching critical race theory because critical race theory is a theory. Um, so it's understanding this theory, and then you can base... Uh, that 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 will think of it as putting putting on sunglasses or blue light glasses. That's the theory. We're not teaching the blue light glasses. Um but we're we're showing you what we see through the blue light glasses, and then that affects everything that we see and we do. And so it's it's kind of a it's a it's a shady skate around. It's funny we saw this a decade ago, so that's what you're seeing now, and that's what it shifted to is oh we're not actually teaching critical race theory. We're teaching we're you know they all we're just teaching history. Anytime the defense is oh you don't want us to teach history, and they start kind of trying to do these little deflect defenses. That's knowing you hit that's that's how you know you hit a nerve, but. 
And that's that's what they've started saying. That's what it's evolved. That's the point that we're at now. And that's what we're seeing. And so now it's important. I think it's a important for people to just have a general understanding because it is kind of I don't even fully understand it, but I, I I see what's coming out of it. I see the uh, I learned this from Tim Pool. Uh, go check out. This is not going to link this. Sorry, too many links. But uh, critical race praxi. Is, is what he started saying because of this recent rebuttal where it's like, okay, technically they're right, but you're just playing a semantic game because it's almost, um, I, I, I heard, and I think they made this on example on Tim cast, but it's almost like, oh, we're not teaching that Jesus is the savior of the world. We're, we're just, we're just sending them home with homework that says, why is it so great that Jesus is the savior of the world? So it's like, it's a, it's a leading question that, that, that makes a bunch of, um, premises and it has a bunch of foundations kind of like i've uh, talked about thomas soul where it's like we're now we're caught up in this world where it's like if i look in a room if i look at a company and it's 80 percent white guys or whatever and then it's you know 40 percent girls and then it's 20 percent uh, black people i say ah there's some sort of bad discrimination going on i'm making an assumption i'm saying we're not diverse enough but that's built upon some uh, presuppositions that oh that outcome is due to some form of inequity prejudice a systemic problem when in actuality nature a lot of times just doesn't play out evenly it's not totally equitable and that's that's a valuable lesson i've learned from thomas soul go read his book discrimination and disparities i still haven't finished it i'm being a real slacker but you should go check it out it's it's really good and it really lays it out and he lays it out in good plain terms that like everyday hanyaks like me can understand so it's very good but that's what we've seen in crt and it's a tricky game and when i when i when i first started seeing these clips the last couple weeks i go wait a minute where have i seen this method or this uh tactic that's that's the word tactic used before you know where it was Uh, backtrack about 10 years when I, i was in college at least and there was a you know, you started seeing kind of the socialist, communistic ideals come into popularity. And uh, so then you started seeing criticisms of saying, oh, yeah, you want to be socialist? Well, let's look at Cuba. Let's look at Venezuela. Let's look at all these uh, uh, socialist, communistic regimes. Look at North Korea. Let's look at how that is implemented and how all those are on dictatorships. And then when Venezuela collapsed, that was, I mean, that was the poster child of anti-socialist rhetoric. And then what then the pivot was and the lazy pivot response is, oh, well, that's not true socialism. What we're talking about, true socialism has never been tried. True communism has never been tried. And the problem with that, and they think, oh, okay, so I got you. Except the problem with that is there's always a difference between the abstract and the practical or the uh, – that's the best way I know how to describe it. That's how I look at it. So you you can put something in ideas, put something on paper. You know, we've all been there, right? It's like, oh, he's a great athlete on paper, but his personality is garbage and his work ethic sucks. But but all these metrics that he hits, his 40-yard dash, his – his bench press, you know, his, his T drill, all this stuff. Athletically, he's great. Personality wise, he's horrible. And it's like the personality thing is something that you have to see practically play out. Same thing works with ideas and and theories and things like that. And so what then, uh, the next step in that discussion, when someone would say, Oh, it's never been tried. We'll say, well, it's impossible to try it because the biggest problem with these theories is it, is it, it is it has a giant misconception of human nature and, and what incentives actually drive humanity. Um, and then it works on presuppositions based upon like, 
And basically, it wants to go to centralized state control power, and the problem is that always leads to dictatorship, and we know that much power always corrupts people because that is how humans work, and humans are not, um, this is a different debate, but inherently good. Um, they're, they are, but they aren't, and it's complicated. It's a different one, but different uh, episode. And, and so that, and now we're seeing that play out here with critical race theory, which to me, I, it just shows that I think they're, I think when it's, I would liken it to if you've ever been in a discussion or an argument, we'll say argument, debate, and you start to like really win and the person uh, doesn't know necessarily how to handle that and they kind of pivot to either deflecting about talking semantics or um, unfortunate uh, personal attacks like calling you dumb or whatever, calling this silly and, and just start using pejoratives. And it's like that's when you, you can sit back and sit and say, ah, I've won because – uh, now, now you're just trying to stay afloat and you're just reaching for anything you can get and starting to play semantic games, which I think semantics are important and words are important in discussions, but I think they can also be used as a crutch to prevent a discussion, prevent you from losing a debate or losing, losing in quotes, a discussion. And, and that's what we're seeing now. And that, and that's the way that I perceive it is, is see, see what's happening is, uh, I've just started to see that blow up. It's like, we're not actually teaching critical race and in any time someone's like, Oh, I'm not actually doing this, but this is, this is the, you know, this is what's being taught. And this is what we're trying to look at and trying to paint a better picture. I don't know. I'm, I get skeptical. I'm like, Oh, Oh, you're not actually doing that. And you know, it's kind of like that, uh, smart aleck game. I've played this on. Well, it's not technically against the rules because the rules say this, but we're doing this or the rules say the rules do not have, don't do this. um, They just say that we're, you know, this is, this is the rule, but this is like technically outside of it. And it's like, okay, now we're, now we're playing semantic games to bend the rules here. And, uh, and and it's like, look, it doesn't, you you sit there and look at it from an ethical standpoint. It's like, well, the, you know, the, the heart of the rule is that so that this wouldn't happen and you're going to find this little workaround in this loophole, if you will. And, and I see that's what's happening here. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it, it's just funny to me because it's like, now I've been around long enough where I saw that all, over and over and over again, back when Ben Shapiro first started blowing up in the early 2010s, when with all those YouTube videos of Ben Shapiro destroys SJW types or, you know, destroys snowflakes. And it's, they would come up and ask questions and things like that. And you would hear, or I mean, I personally heard, oh yeah, it's never been tried. And I was like, never, never been tried. It's been tried. And, and they're like, well, they can't implement it right. Which then leads me to the question, well, can anyone implement it right? It's like almost, it's like having, I mean, I think of it, it's like playing a game and going back to the film, be like, you did absolutely everything right. No, you're probably going to do one thing wrong. Like there's going to be one problem. Like a game plan, no game plan is foolproof. And, uh, and, and that's what our founding, that's why, that's why, I mean, go back to our, we've already read all the stuff, but that's why I love our founding documents. And that's personally why I'm very patriotic is because founding fathers understood that. And so they, they made sure to insulate, insulate everything to make it very hard to fall into the common, uh, common pit to, to fall for the common pitfalls to be redundant of, uh, of, you know, 
history of governments of any any and every government before that where it's like they can fall into tyranny and and that's they were like we want to make it as hard as possible for that to happen with our system so our system has to be clunky and has to be kind of complicated but that's what they understood and so with that being said uh, i will say i will link to this two two good discussions that i i think can kind of illuminate what's been what's been happening and it is one one is uh christopher rufo is kind of the He's leading the charge against critical race theory. He's a lawyer, I think he's a lawyer, or senior fellow at Manhattan Institute out of Seattle. Really, really smart guy. And he's, I mean, he is front lines of this stuff doing doing a lot of the work. So, uh, but he was on Mark Lamont Hill's show, Black News Tonight, and uh, Mark Lamont Hill tried to get him to answer some questions, and he was like, no, I, I disagree. And, it, and what I was talking about earlier, it hits on, uh, he asks a question that's based in a lot of in several presumptions, and Chris Rufus like, no, I don't accept the presumptions that have to come with that question that I have to concede to answer the question. So I can't even answer this question. You know, it's like, I um, know oh, I'm not going to use that example. I can't. I can't think of a good example right now. But it's. I mean, it's almost like the classic one is. It's like a religious person using. Uh, you know, you know, using sovereignty of Jesus in an argument to someone who does not accept the sovereignty of Jesus, that he was fully God and fully man. And it's like, we're, we're going to be talking past each other at this point. And it's interesting to see, watch the whole thing though. And then I'm going to put the link to when shortly after that, Christopher Rufo was on Joy Reid, Joy Reid kind of grandstanded, and interrupted him. Christopher Rufo tried to talk and really couldn't get a word in edgewise. Um, then if you just look up, search Christopher Rufo on, YouTube, you'll probably find those two videos pretty quick, but you'll probably find a lot of analysis. So go check those out. Um, very interesting. So it uh, leaves me with the question of like, okay, let's talk about like, if they're not implementing critical race theory, what are they doing? But if they're basing their curriculum off critical race theory, we see critical race theory as a problem. It's like, okay, clearly a semantic game here. Oh, I'm not teaching critical race theory. No, no, no. But all your teachings are coming from critical race theory. And if, if it's coming from a flawed foundation, uh, to use a biblical reference, a house built on sand will be washed away in the rainy season. A house built on stone, though, and it's like, if I disagree with your premise, I can't answer the question. And so it's whether, whether, whether semantic Semantically, I'm messing it up by saying stop teaching our kids critical race theory. The heart of the matter still remains true and remains the same. And you're just trying to uh, divert, deflect, and be like, oh, we're not technically doing it, so you can't do anything. It's like, okay, fine. If you want to get into semantics, get into semantics. But uh, I, let's look at let's look at, let's l- proofs in the pudding. Let's check it out and see what's actually happening. So with that, I, I was curious. A, um, so I pulled up a couple different things. I wanted to pull up Wikipedia. I mean, you never know with Wikipedia. Uh, they call, they call Project Veritas and James O'Keefe a far right group. And it's like, no, his whole thing is just whistleblowers, insiders on, on wherever they may be. And it happens to be these giant left-leaning, uh, tech oligarchs, then so be it. But James O'Keefe and Project Veritas are, it's in the name, Veritas, truth. So, uh, Wikipedia, you know, I was curious. I was like, okay, how, uh, but I think they actually did a decent job. Uh, I'm no expert, but you know, I don't think their framing is perfect, but I do think like it's, it's right there when they talk about it. And, and, and I, I could even this dumb Hanya could pinpoint my problems with it. So, uh, but I think it's important to acknowledge these tactics that we're seeing 
and to understand. And that's something I've become more aware of. It's like, okay, what, what was, what is the framing? What is the tactic here? So a couple things I pulled up, I pulled up Wikipedia. Uh, I, I, I pulled up what I thought would be the same thing on Christopher Rufo, but he talks about specific instances where it's being implemented in government agencies. Um, so it's a summary of critical race theory investigations. It's a collection. It's from September. So it's pretty good. I'll, I might look at a couple of those examples so we can see the, 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 the orthopraxy instead of the orthodoxy, which is, you know, the, the understanding the orthopraxy how's it put into praxis and the praxis practice practice oh tim pool screwed me up there praxis i must practice hard every day uh then i pulled up purdue um the owl purdue writing lab um and they have a more uh academically uh sounding one but we'll kind of we'll kind of scrim scrim jeez Man, you know, you know, I've got to end this episode soon if I'm talking like this. Oh my lanta, this is freaking crazy. So, critical race theory, according to Wikipedia, uh, it's a body of legal scholarship and an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States that seeks to critically examine U.S. law as it intersects with issues of race in the U.S. and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. CRT examines social, cultural, and legal issues primarily as they relate to race and racism in the United States. So primarily as they relate to race, maybe slight concern there, but not serious. It's still, so it's like, oh, it's how it relates to it. But if I think if we go back to the beginning, this is one key thing that I that I noticed where they talk about it like it's this. I, they've, I've heard some defenses that it's oh, it's an isolated theory taught in law school. It's not. It's not it's not in our public schools and, and they're like, Oh, it's not, you know, and it's not meant to be, you know, kind of an activist movement, but no, the founders, Ben Shapiro on a show, you can look up this clip where he reads through like a lot of the founders themselves talking about CRT. And they say, they say, no, it's supposed to be like they, they were activists and, and they made it a point to say like, no, this is an activist movement. So, uh, so of scholars and activists in the United States. So, I mean, that right there should say, it's like, if activist isn't the name, I mean, I know they're talking about people, um, you know, it's an academic movement, but it's made up of activists and it's like, I mean, they're going to do it. Right. So they said it originated in mid 1970s, um, with legal scholars, Derek Bell, Alan Freeman, Kimberly Crenshaw, Richard Delgado, Cheryl Harris, Charles R. Lawrence, the third, Mario Matsuda and Patricia J. Williams. Uh, and by the 1980s it was a movement and it, and it came out of critical legal f- studies uh, with more focus on race which once again is you know maybe maybe good provides a moment of pause but not something where i'm like oh no hold on pump the brakes crt is grounded in critical theory and draws from thinkers such as uh gramchi uh sojourner truth frederick Douglass, and wd du bois i'm curious about the frederick Douglass reference and what exactly he's pulling from because so far what i find from frederick Douglass, i agree with uh, and I think he's actually a, a sound thinker, but there could be some stuff I disagree with. I don't know. As well as as well as the Black Power, uh, Chicano, and radical feminist movements from the 1960s and 70s. So that's a big jump there. <laughs> so it pulls from these thinkers who I don't know a ton about. I realize that I'm probably n- uh, not um, on the side of W.E.D. Du Bois. But then it's like, oh, yeah, they also pull from Black Power. I don't know what Chicano... Um, it's a chosen identity for many Mexican-Americans in the, oh, Chicano. The label Chicano sometimes used interchangeably with Mexican-American. Okay, so, and radical feminists. Not just feminists, radical feminists. Okay. 
Um, and it says, and here's an important thing, you know, they do all not share the same beliefs and that's fine. You don't have to the basic tenets. Here's big point of the day. Basic tenets of CRT include that racism and and disparate racial outcomes are the result of complex changing and often subtle social and institutional dynamics rather than explicit and intentional prejudices on the part of individuals. So the premise is basically antithetical to Thomas Sowell's premises that he finds in empirical data from discrimination and disparities. When you look at the natural world, things are, the natural order of things is more random. You know, the the easy example that always stays on top of my mind is that like, Arguably, firstborn children are, are disparately, they are disparately more successful. Like astronauts were disparately only children or firstborn. And, and, it, and it just goes into the dynamics of the family. And that's one of my favorite points from Soul is that look within a family unit and you will see there's a wide ranging outcome that it's like you can't even achieve the same, um, you can't even achieve, achieve equity under the same household. So how are we supposed to do it under, you know, under a the scope of a country of 330 million people, right? So that right there um, is include that racism and disparate. This is the one that this is where you get concerned. Disparate racial outcomes is basically institutional racism um, uh, rather than uh, individuals being prejudiced, which is interesting because it seemingly will contradict itself here in a minute. Um, now this is this is so that was the first kind of red flag. This is when the big red flag comes up. CRT scholars also view race and white supremacy, weird coupling to me, as an intersectional social construction which serves to uphold the interests of white people. So built by white people for white people against those. Oh, sorry, uh, interests of white people against those of marginalized communities at large. So it's saying that race. And this is this is this whole statement doesn't make sense to me. But race and white supremacy, we'll just say race, is a social construct, which I believe they I believe they're intertwined in terms of immutable and social construct now. But um, but using the terms kind of it, it confuses everything, and so it's like I don't know overemphasizing the social construct side of it uh, then bleeds into the immutable characteristics. Now we're judging people based on the color of their skin, if that makes any sense. So. Uh, which serves to uphold the interests of white people. So race is designed by white people. So we're here we're, we're starting to demonize white people and see it as oppressor versus oppressed. And it's like, okay, that's where I have a problem with that. If you're basing your teachings based upon that, that is, there's so much in that single statement that I'm, that I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm out. I'm out there. You lost me there, but let's keep reading. Right. Um, in the field of legal studies, Oh, so they talk about that merely making laws colorblind on paper may not be enough to make the application of laws colorblind, which I talked about earlier, and I can agree with that. That You can make a law that then, unfortunately, I mean, when you look at, uh, shoot, I mean, segregation was, was a law, separate but equal, but everyone knows they were not equal. And so it's like we, we do need to have some practical understanding of how these laws are going to be implemented. But that points to the fact that there are going to be individuals who – who they themselves have their personal prejudices come out and are committing that. That does not mean the law is flawed. That means that people are flawed and we need to keep in check flawed people and be able to have a system in place to uh, bring justice upon those flawed people. Best example to use the one of the day is a racist cop. You racist cop doing racist stuff. We need to get found out and needs to get, um, and needs to, uh, 
suffer the consequences and 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 be put in you know be fired um hopefully you know if it's too egregious be put in jail and see that and so it's interesting that we go back two sentences and they're like yeah it's not about individuals but then they're like oh they're not going to be put in place but i think they're still talking on systematic um plane so anyways another okay and here we go a key crt concept is intersectionality one if you're not familiar with i'm not going to go into it but i think it's whack which emphasizes that race can intersect with other identities so we're identitarians here we're this is the main focus right it's another identity to be focused on such as gender and class to produce complex combinations of power and disadvantages oppressor and oppress e meaning your victimhood status meaning if you are a transgender uh non-binary black woman you you're at the top of victimhood status uh, but me as a straight white male straight white male straight white jeez can't talk sh- well, straight white male uh, is at the bottom of victimhood status, and therefore my opinion means less, and I am inherently a oppressor and a uh, recipient of white privilege, and think that's whack. So, um, so there we go, and that that breaks it down. So, uh, academics. Academic critics of CRT argue that it relies on social constructionism, elevates storytelling over evidence and reason. I would agree with this. Rejects the concept of truth and merit and opposes liberalism. I agree with that statement completely. And then it goes into talking about how conservative lawmakers are trying to ban it um, and get rid of these anti-racist programs, which it's once again semantic game. You call it anti-racist, but it's actually racist. It's like saying diversity, but we mean based on race. Uh Okay, and then when I go down, so definitions. Roy L. Brooks defined critical race theory in 1994 as, and here's the quote, a collection of critical stances against the existing legal order from a race-based point of view. You know, red flag, race-based point of view. We are basing it upon race. How we view all of this is through the lens of race. This is antithetical to what we're trying to achieve, meaning a less racist society. No, 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 but we're going to look at race more. And it's like, it kind of goes back to when it's like fishing for racism. I know, I think I did this in an episode way back when, but it's where you talk about it. It's like, look, self-fulfilling prophecies here. When you really look for something, you can find something. You know, it's what conspiracy theories do a lot. They, they find a lot of links, quote unquote, or coincidences and things that link up. But it's like, actually, a lot of these, you have to make certain jumps and things. It's like, when you're looking for it, you're really going to find it a lot of times. And uh, yeah, so a legal order from a race-based point of view. So we're looking through race and it's like, okay, so we're not teaching teaching kids that specifically, but we are, we, that's what we are practicing. And then that's how we teach is through a race based point of view. And so ultimately we're teaching our kids that. So uh, point boom, slam dunk. And so Richard Delgado, co-founder of the theory defined it in 2017. So that, that first definition was 94. I was, wasn't even a year old, but then Richard Delgado, who we mentioned earlier, 2017, this is how he's defining it. So anyone who's telling you it's like not an activist movement, it's just isolated to law school, bullcrap. Uh, a collection of activists and scholars interested in studying and transforming the relationship among race, racism, and power. So we're looking at accomplishing something here. We're not just studying it. So that's Wikipedia. And I didn't read any of the other stuff from it, you know, where it goes in the history and stuff. But that's the general breakdown. I, this link is in the description down below. Go check it out. Read it for yourself. Tell me if I screwed up, if I overlooked something. But, uh, I mean, I feel on an initial read, I'm like, yeah, there's problems here. Uh, we're looking at that. So now to uh, Christopher Rufo on his page, also down in the, in the description below. So this is... 
Now this is this is gonna so that was a lot more about the orthodoxy. We're gonna talk about the orthopraxy here and what's going on. So the Treasury Department, um, this is different uh, summary of critical race theory investigations that Christopher Rufo has done. So let's look at different ones, and it's a bunch of different ones. So the National Credit Union Administration, the NCUA. Oh my gosh, all these freaking government organizations. The, the titles I can't even keep up. So they held a session for 8,900 employees, arguing that America was founded on racism. I would disagree with that. Built on the backs of people who were enslaved, sort of. And he leads to Twitter thread. Uh, Treasury Department, they held a training session telling employees that virtually all white people contribute to racism. Here we go. And demanding that white staff members struggle to own their racism and accept their unconscious bias, white privilege, and white fragility. And this is the best part. The man who led the seminar, Howard Ross, billed the federal government $5 million for diversity training over the past 15 years. So this dude's out here making bank, selling racism to our government employees. Gotta love it. All right. Let's see. And then there's a bunch of different national laboratories. Oh, here we go. Argonne National Lab. They they host trainings calling on white lab employees to admit. So they're splitting up. And a lot of you have seen splitting up where it's like they specifically are talking to the white people. So we're splitting up based upon race here. Problem? Yes. Argonne National Labs, they, they hosted a training where they got white lab employees to admit they benefit from racism and atone for the pain and anguish inflicted upon black people. So, first of all, no, not going to do that. Do not punish the son for the sins of the father. Department of Homeland Security. These, now, these get more concerning because, like, a national lab, you're kind of like, okay, that's whatever. I'm pretty sure one of these or both of these national labs are, uh, in part, have to do with, like, our nuclear weapons and stuff. So, it is a big deal, but not as, not as obvious a big deal. So, DHS, Homeland Security. They, they had a training on microaggressions, micro inequities, and micro assaults, where white employees were told that they had been socialized into oppressor roles. No thanks. And, and, and after reading the orthodoxy there, even from Wikipedia, seeing that, I'm, you, you can understand that how out of that mode of thinking, that theory, if you will, these sort of teachings come out of. And so it's like, well, I'm not overtly teaching you explicitly what the theory is. I'm teaching you from the theory. And ultimately, you are I'm teaching you things that come out of it, right? So the FBI, the, their, their Office of Diversity and Inclusion, hosting weekly intersectionality workshops. Oh, oh, and dang it, just linked to a Twitter thread. That was a non-starter. Well, link for that is down below. If you want to look at his website, sign up for his newsletter, see what he has to do, as well as the links of him being a guest on the show. And you can hear it from the horse's mouth, how he um, criticizes and come from it. And I will say, I mean, Mark Lamont Hill, it's like, I think he makes interesting points and, and, and it's a good discussion. A lot of the guests he brings on is kind of whack, but uh, he did bring on this, this Republican senator lawmaker who who was, he had him on the ropes. He was like, define critical race theory. What do you, what does it teach? What is it about? And dude couldn't give an answer. And I mean, he was really coming at the practice of what has come out of this in that people leaning into these ideas that it espouses in the way of the, the race-based view of the world that it, that it, um, uh, pushes forth. Then the teachings didn't come out of it. And that's what he's harping on, but he couldn't get to the root, but it's like, so he kind of got schooled. That one, if you want to see a real cringy one, uh, but at the same time, I think Mark Lamont Hill misses the point, and he he does some weird stuff with Christopher Rufo, where and and playing the same semantic game everyone's playing. So, all right, last one. It is the um, Purdue Writing Lab, Online Writing Lab, Owl. So theirs, and it says 1970s to present introduction. 
So it's a theoretical and interpretive mode that examines the appearance of race and racism across dominant cultural modes of expression. In adopting this approach, CRT scholars attempt to understand how victims of systemic racism, so uh, presuppositions here that I would first have to have a discussion upon as far as where is systemic racism, what exactly are we talking about, are affected by cultural perceptions of race and how they are able to represent themselves to counter prejudice. All right. So then moving on through this... um, Yeah, so it goes on to talk about the same thing that Wikipedia talks about with looking at the race in class and blah, blah, blah. Um, See, I don't even know what that means. Uh, Confront the beliefs and practices and enable racism to persist. Yeah, that one doesn't even make sense to me. So we'll go down to the bottom one where it's like, as Richard Delgado and Gene Stefanczyk explain in their introduction to the third edition, the third edition of... Um, this is the title critical race theory the cutting edge this is a quote from them our social world with its rules practices and assignments of prestige and power is not fixed rather we construct it with words stories and silence but we need not acquiesce in arrangements that are unfair and one-sided by writing and speaking against them we may hope to contribute to a better fair world end quote in this sense crt scholars seek tangible real world ends through the intellectual work they perform this contributes to many CRT scholars' emphasis on social activism and transforming everyday notions of race, racism, and power. So there we see uh, any there we see a, a clean rebuke from the horse's mouth that this is not just a, a, a isolated theory in law school. It's not being espoused in that's not seeking to actually transform the way we see everything, transform our systems and make a more fair world in their words. And so it's like, it's very clearly, uh, there, there are activist roots in this movement. So anyone that tells you this is just a theory uh, is, is misleading you or trying to mislead you and you shouldn't buy into it. Anyone who says, oh, we're not teaching critical race theory, and you say, that's fine, you may not be teaching the theory, but here are, here are the tangible practices that have come out of this theory, that are founded in this sort of theory, this way of thinking, this way of looking at the world, this race-based view, to quote the Wikipedia article, is... And I'll put the Purdue Owl description down there too, uh, if you can read that one. It's a little more heady. I don't understand all of it, but I think it's good to have that in the Wikipedia one uh, to kind of see what they talk about. But I mean, it's plainly out there in, in, in the horse's mouth when they talk about it. If you can just kind of decipher it and see really what they're saying here is they use a lot of big words and terminology and the heavier vocabulary a lot, but you can see that it's... I mean, the most simplest way I would say it is shifting to a race-based view of things. That's really what we're doing. And, and I don't think the intentions behind it are totally bad, but I think the way that it plays out is bad. And we focus on race too much. And I think I'm glad to see all these parents standing up in school board meetings because as someone who, you know, is, is prospective father in the next several years and then, you know, going to start building a family, that's something where it's like, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm fully involved and aware of what my kids are being taught. And I think we all should. And I think, I think this is a good wake up moment for a lot of parents to get more actively involved in their children's education. I think we've fallen into a culture too much where we send our kids off for eight hours a day, they come back. And and then we put them on their phones or their video games or their computers and they can do their thing and, and we're none the wiser and and we do our thing and we kind of help them out. But, um, 
but we don't really interact. That. No, it's like we need meaningful interaction. Talk about your day. We need to be involved in your school. Shoot, be on the school board. My dad was on the school board when my me and my brothers were in school um, at the school that we were at, and it was a private school. And you know, I think I think it's totally reasonable to try and be. Uh, dang it, what's the word? I just lost it. Be be involved though in the community uh, because as the parent it is your primary responsibility to do this i think it, it gets off put onto saying oh teachers you know you need to teach our kids to schools you need to teach our kids and it's like no 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 parents you raise your kids they go they go to school to get the specifics of an education but you are still responsible by and large for responsibly raising your kids to become well-rounded individual adult members of society and then to hopefully have their families pass down these values and continue to progress towards a better world and be better people be better than you and that is your responsibility and that calls being active in their education which i fully plan to be so yeah that's a good place in this uh, episode i was gonna try and get it a half an hour but it went long i'm not mad about it because i think there was a lot of information we need to cover all the information and i'm gonna continue to try and learn and i would love to hear your thoughts uh your feedback if you have any uh, counterpoints to anything that i've said please send them in i'd love to have a discussion maybe even have you on the podcast and we could have a discussion about it but uh, I think I think we're seeing it's it's an interesting thing where we're seeing parents wake up whether whether you wherever you fall in the spectrum of you know you think CRT is good you think it's bad you think whatever you think eh, this is just a hoax or propaganda um, I think regardless you can at least say well at least parents are trying to stand up even if they're misguided they're trying to stand up here and the intention is good but maybe uh, but I think it's important that we talk about these things I think this this has gotten big enough and this is important enough. For in terms of the next generation and, and, and as we're bringing up the next generation and, and how we view um, our, how we view our communities, how we view our country, how we view history, and then how we view the world because uh, we're either going to have people come up who are very jaded thinking this is a horrible place to live where, for example, the BLM chapter I mentioned last episode in Utah that said the American flag is a hate racist symbol. It's like... you so many problems with that. that that's the opposite of what I want. And I think we can have an honest conversation to say there have been problems, but we are not fully defined by their problems. Uh, you know, shoot. Uh, there's, I think there's problematic language in the, I would agree there's with NPR. This was an interesting one. There's problematic language in the declaration of independence talking about, um, natives, native Americans. However, I don't think that then snuffs out the other important founding principles that are found that are in the Declaration of Independence, like certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and the fact that they pledge their lives to pursue a better world. It's like, okay, that's taking the good with the bad, being like, look, you may have said that the wrong way, but the message is important and the principles are important, okay? So, now, yeah, but that's where I stand. I, and and I, I had to make it because I was like, this is the exact same thing. We saw, I had to do this episode because I was like, this is the exact same thing we saw eight, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago when socialism was kind of um, uh, really getting really, really big on uh, the college campuses and the young people and you're seeing a lot more of it and and people, same sort of events. Oh, it's not actually, nobody's ever actually done socialism. And then they look to certain instances and, and I think there's a decent conversation to be had, but it's the same thing happening here. Oh, we're not actually teaching critical race theory. So it's like, look, we all need to figure out what it is and get educated for ourselves and, and then make a decision. And that's what I've done here. We read through it. I, I, I posed my red flags and my problems that I have with it. And so I would encourage you to do the same. Follow all these links, follow all the references to links I did not add to this. Go check them out because um, there's tons of stuff out there 
player right now on it. I think I, I will say this. I think Ben Shapiro, he, he does a verbatim, like long reading. I didn't even understand. I should go back and listen again of uh, a lot of the founders of critical race theory. I think um, a lot of their stuff from the nineties and their works talking about like what it is and what the intention is and, and what they wanted to see out of it. So uh, go check it out. Check out all the links in the description. Let me know any and all your thoughts, whether you agree, disagree, what you think. I mean, and, and you can do that, uh, any number of one, uh, a whole hands worth of ways, as I say. So you can obviously five star podcast review it and tell me that way. You can email the show. It's a rambling viking at gmail.com. You can follow the link below and leave a voice memo. You are capped at a minute. So if that bothers you, then you can also, there's a phone number you can text and leave a voicemail at. It is 580 and uh, you can use any one of those ways. Get in touch with the podcast. Let me know your thoughts on this. Where you stand on the CRT stuff? Do you you know what what you think about it and and how it should be handled? Do you you know are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing with this this oh just shift in tactic all of a sudden where it's like oh name a critical race talk about it and then and then people actually start to do and then those people they deny that they're critical race theorists but it's based in critical race theory and now they're saying oh we're not teaching it but we're but our teachings are based in it right and it's like okay we're we're playing the semantic game right what do you say um I want to know all your thoughts, but that's what I'm in today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I promise we're going to have a happy mixture of fun shows, serious shows, because, you know, we cover anything and everything here on the Rambling Viking. That's my Hanyak way, and uh, I, I appreciate all you Hanyaks out there. We'll see you next time. This Viking is out.